Hey, Sarah here. Summer is fast approaching, and here's what I propose. A relaxed and simple summer that offers just enough structure to keep those long, sticky days from melting into chaos, and just enough fun to keep your kids asking for more. Also, fairy tales. Lots of fairy tales. (laughs) I'm teaching a free workshop called Three Simple Steps to a Fairy Tale Summer, and I would love for you to join me. Save your free seat at the workshop by texting the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. See you there. You're listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that inspires you to build your family culture around books. Hello, hello, I'm Sarah McKenzie, and you're listening to episode 29 of the Read Aloud Revival podcast. This is the place you get the inspiration and encouragement to build your family culture around books. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about how you get back in the saddle. Now, usually podcasts are me and somebody else I'm chatting with in an interview style, but today it's just going to be you and me, and we're going to tackle this idea of getting back into it. When you've let reading aloud slide off your priority list, you know, how do you restore it to its rightful place? Because I can tell you, it's easy for me to let reading aloud with our kids fall to the wayside during the summer. Our time and our energy is spent on lots of other things in the summer, other seasonal pursuits. But when fall rolls around and it's time to get back to school, I'm really looking forward to getting back into our read aloud habits and spending hours cozied up and lost in story. But just because I'm motivated by that idealistic picture of us all, you know, snuggled under blankets, sipping cocoa and wandering into Narnia or whatever, it doesn't mean it's super easy to make happen. It's kind of like anything else that ought to be done daily. If I don't set myself up to make it a priority, it's just not likely to happen. That can be, you know, prayer or journaling, reading aloud or exercising or practicing my photography or cleaning up the kitchen at the end of the day. Anything I want to get to as a habit, I have to be a bit strategic about how I go about setting that priority so that it actually happens. So today I'd love to discuss how to rev back up for another great year of reading aloud. And I've got a few strategies that I use to motivate myself when we've slipped out of our read aloud habit and thought maybe one of these might be helpful to some of you. So we're going to dive right into the content of today's podcast. Before we do, I want to remind you that you can head to audibletrial.com slash read aloud and you can get a free audiobook when you try Audible for 30 days. We use Audible all the time in our home. I love how convenient and easy it is to grab an audiobook and you get to keep it, of course. It's not just borrowing the book, you get to have the book, which is really nice. We've collected most of the Redwall books using Audible. My son loves to listen to audiobooks during his rest time. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash read aloud. Okay, so let's talk about five strategies for motivating yourself to get back in the saddle, to get back into it and start reading aloud again on a normal basis. The first strategy is super simple. It's just setting a time. If there's no time set aside for reading aloud, I can be pretty much sure that it's not gonna happen. So this year, I of course, have the added challenge of contending with three toddlers and homeschooling my big kids. 
So I know that if it's not on the calendar and if it's not on my schedule, it's not going to happen. And I don't know what you're up against as far as your season in life and your family situation, but the likelihood is if something isn't a priority on your daily calendar, it probably won't happen on a regular basis. Life just gets too crazy. There's too many different things clamoring for our attention. So what I do is I set up our school day to leave room for reading aloud during certain blocks of time. I don't usually say we're going to read aloud from 9 to 9.30 because those kind of schedules never work for me. I try every once in a while, I lose my head a little bit and I try to peg activities to exact timeframes, but it never works. So instead, I find that using a flowchart works really well when I'm scheduling my family. And in the flowchart, I will make reading aloud a piece of that. So for example, I may say, let's read aloud after breakfast. And so every day, whether breakfast happens at 8 or 8.30 or 8.42, when breakfast is done, we can read aloud. Now, when you choose to schedule your read aloud time is going to vary depending on what you've got going on. Mealtimes are a really fantastic time to read aloud if you have, oh, I'd say preschoolers and up because, you know, kids' mouths are busy and so you kind of have a captive audience and they're going to eat every day. So you can be pretty much sure that you'll read aloud every day. In my home, we have three toddlers and so mealtimes are not a good time for reading aloud. (laughs) But maybe after meal times are good. So everyone's kind of content because their tummies are full and I can set up the toddlers with a little something to do and we can read aloud. If your kids attend school away from home, you might like the chunk of time right before bed as your read aloud time. Actually, even if your kids attend school at home, you might like that time of day. I have a little bit of a hard time committing to before bedtime because I am so tired by that end of day. So you need to pick a time that works for you. It doesn't really matter when. Just pick a time that works for your family during this season of life. You know, you might have soccer practice or music lessons or baby naps or driver's ed to contend with. Whatever you have going on in your life, don't fight it. Just make read aloud fit your family life. We don't want our families to be, you know, falling over themselves trying to make reading a priority against their will. (laughs) It's kind of like it needs to be something that dovetails really beautifully with our home life. One thing I will say, about reading aloud is that it can be hard to read aloud earlier in the day if your schedule's cramped, but generally the earlier you get to it, the better. I really love reading aloud to my kids before bed, but that eight o'clock PM willpower is almost non-existent and I just get so tired, it's tricky. So I have found that the earlier in the day that I read aloud, the more likely it is to happen. So if I set a goal, I want to read aloud every single day this week, and we're going to do it right after breakfast, even if it's only for 10 or 15 minutes, even if it's just a short chapter, then if I can do it earlier in the day, it's more likely to happen. Sticking to the same time every day can also be a real challenge or in some cases an impossibility, but I would say don't let yourself get discouraged by your struggle to read aloud at the same time every day. It doesn't really matter that it happens at the same time. It just matters that it actually happens. So a good strategy for this is similar to, you know, having a flow chart family plan is um, pegging your read aloud to an activity you're already doing. Like I just said with mealtimes, you know, you're going to have lunch every day. And so if you put your read aloud time during lunch, the likelihood is you will probably get to it. In episode seven of the Read Aloud Revival, I talked to Melissa Wiley, who's one of my favorite children's authors, the author of The Prairie Thief and The Little House on the Prairie Martha books and the Inch and Rolly Early Readers. 
Anyway, she talked about how her family's habit of reading aloud at breakfast, they actually read poetry at breakfast, was maintained for quite a while when her children were younger because breakfast happened every day. And that's a classic example of pegging. Jamie Martin, in episode 10, she talked about reading aloud during those final few minutes before dinner. She'd be in the kitchen doing dinner prep, doing those final things before dinner was ready, and her husband would be reading aloud. And so that's just something they pegged. If we're doing this activity, we're also reading aloud. And that's a classic example of a peg. So you can peg your read alouds to anything you do every single day. You know, younger children really like this. It's a part of their routine. This last summer, every night after dinner, we would take the toddlers on a walk. Well, actually right before their bedtime. So after dinner, after baths, we'd toss them into the stroller and we'd take them for a walk. And they expected it. In fact, if we tried to put them to bed without a walk, (laughs) they would, you know, reject that completely and beg for their walk. And so I think because it's just something we did every night, it was just part of kind of how they relaxed into their day, what they could expect. So if you've got young children, making reading aloud a part of your family rhythm, your daily routine, that's a really calming, wonderful thing to do as well. Just remember that your family is unique. What works for Melissa Wiley or Jamie Martin or me isn't probably going to work for you, or it might not work for you, but something else will. So really don't fight against your season in life. Don't fight against your particular circumstances, whether your kids are going to school, whether they're home, whether you have lots of babies in the house, whether your schedules are a little bit crazy for this season. Just make it work for your family life. Make reading aloud serve your family. Okay, that was a really long strategy. (laughs) That was just to set a time. Make it a priority, put it on the calendar, right? The second strategy I think helps as we're getting back in the saddle is just to keep the book handy. I have this tendency to use baskets around my house, but the problem with stashing your current read aloud in a basket is that you can't see it. And if you can't see it, you might not do it. I mean, the the gnarly truth is that we do whatever's right in front of our face. You know, it's why you're more likely to turn on a TV if it's in your main living area, rather than if it's, for example, down in your basement and you have to go out of your way to go turn it on. It's why when I'm practicing my amateur photography, which I really love to do, when I'm reading these photography books that are helping you get better at photography, they'll say, keep your camera out and handy. If you go stash it in your camera bag, in a drawer, in the back room, you're just not going to take that many pictures. So you need to keep your camera out and handy where you can just grab it at a moment's notice and it just doesn't take as big of a commitment for you to get started, right? It's all about removing those barriers to entry. And so if your read aloud is kept out where you can see it, let's say in the morning, you know, it's on your kitchen counter and you walk by that kitchen counter 15 times, maybe one of those times you'll just grab it and start reading from it rather than if it's stashed on a bookshelf, you know, hidden back in the office or the den or somebody's bedroom. And you actually have to think, okay, now it's time to read aloud. Now I'm going to go get the book and almost work up some impetus to have to do that. It sounds silly, but it's totally human nature to do what's right in front of us and to do things that are easy. So keep it handy and keep it right out in front of your face. And so that you'll constantly have that reminder, hey, we wanted to do this. I do this with my Bible too, because I have that really bad tendency not to pick up my Bible every morning like I should. So if I keep my Bible out where I can see it first thing, 
In fact, if I put it on top of my computer, it's even better because I have to move that Bible off the computer to open it. And so it reminds me, yeah, if you're going to move this, you should probably open it and read it. So if you keep it, you read loud in a high traffic and highly visible part of your home, you're more likely to grab it and just get in a couple minutes of reading aloud. We'll get back to the show in just a minute. At the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned that what I propose for this summer is a relaxed and simple plan that offers just enough structure to keep your days from melting into chaos and just enough fun to keep your kids asking for more. And what summer wouldn't be much, much better with a whole bunch of fairy tales? Well, I'm teaching a free workshop called Three Simple Steps to a Fairy Tale Summer, And here's what we're going to talk about. First, how reading fairy tales can make your summer easier. Yes, easier. We want to take things off your plate this summer, not put more on, right? (laughs) Fairy tales can make your summer easier and more fun. I'm also going to share the fairy tales I recommend for every age and the tippy top thing you can do to make sure your kids make delightful memories this summer. It is way less work and way less pressure than you think. The free workshop is happening live online on May 7th, 2024, and you can save your free seat by texting the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. And yes, there's a replay, so make sure you register even if you can't join us live on May 7th. Again, text the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. Okay, so now we've set a time and we've kept it handy and visual. And now I'm going to tell you to read what you love because reading aloud is about connecting with our kids. You know, more than cultivating the moral imagination, more than improving their language capacities or filling them up with rich storehouses of beautiful stories and images, what we're really doing is building relationships with our kids. So I would encourage you not to overthink your read aloud choices too much at the beginning of a new school year. Just choose something fun that will allow you all to laugh and enjoy one another. I think mindful mamas, we have this tendency to maybe get a little bit overzealous with what we're going to read. We want it always to be classics or always to be the most beautiful, wonderful literature, something that really engages and enlivens the imagination. That's good. That's not a bad thing. But I think sometimes we add a false pressure to that and we forget that sometimes we can just read aloud something that's fun. You could read Hardy Boys to your son or Nancy Drew to your daughter. That would be wonderful. You would still be building this beautiful relationship. You'd still be connecting with them. And that's the whole point. And then when you have these good read aloud experiences with fun, light fiction like that, it kind of way leads on to way. And it allows you to develop a habit of reading aloud to make it a part of what your family does, and then to dive into some classics and better literature that will feed and nourish your child's soul and imagination on a deeper level. But take that pressure off, especially at the beginning of a new school year. You're getting probably a lot of pressure. Whether your kids go to school or you teach them at home or any number of things, you're going to have a lot of pressure on yourself and on your children at the beginning of a new school year, right? This is going to be the year that you master this subject or that we finally begin to do this thing or whatever. Release the pressure on the read aloud front. 
Let reading aloud be a balm to your family rather than a burden as you start a new school year. So find something that lets you try on a variety of funny voices that's comical or inspiring or adventurous. Just whatever gets your kids to beg you each day for just one more chapter. I'll tell you what, if my kids are pressuring me to read each day, I'm way more likely to make it happen. My older kids loved the book Surviving the Apple Whites, and they asked me multiple times a day, can we just read one more chapter? We read that book really fast because they were giving me so much pressure. They were delighting in it so much. Another one they really loved reading was A Midsummer Night's Dream, the rendition done by Adam McEwen. We'll link it up in the show notes. It's a retelling of A Midsummer Night's Dream with these really stunningly gorgeous illustrations. There's just no way my kids would have let me skip a day of reading that aloud. They were way too eager to find out what Robin Goodfellow was going to do next, you know, what mischief he was going to drum up. So just remember, reading aloud is about connecting with our kids. It's about connecting as a family. It's about enjoying each other. And it doesn't always have to be super highbrow. So let yourself off the hook a little bit here at the beginning of a new year. All right, so you've set a time and we're going to keep our read alouds handy and visible. And we're going to read something we love to make sure that reading aloud is an enjoyable thing for us as we start on a new year. It's a good idea also to track progress. So there is some real true science done about endorphins that are released when we check items off our to-do list. So I don't know about you, but man, I can feel those endorphins. I love checking off my to-do list. So we have a printable calendar at readaloudrevival.com. In fact, we'll make sure it's available on the show notes to this episode. So if you go to readaloudrevival.com, look for episode 29 and you'll find a printable calendar there. It's a year-long calendar on one page. And basically what you're gonna do is every day that you read aloud at all, I mean, five minutes at all at all, you're going to put a check mark on that day on the calendar. Every day that you read aloud for at least five minutes, you can mark an X off on that day. What you'll do is you'll see how long of a chain you can make before with those Xs, like how long of a chain of Xs you can make before it breaks. That's pretty fun. And it reminds me so much of The Reading Streak. If you have read Alice Ozma's The Reading Promise, My Father and the Books We Shared, which I highly recommend. It's such a wonderful book. She talks about this reading streak where her father and her read every single day for eight years. It was an amazingly beautiful story. And in that memoir, she talks about the relationship, how their relationship was formed by that experience, which is really just so inspiring. You know, most of us, I think, probably can't read aloud every single day for eight years. I haven't pulled it off and I host this podcast. (laughs) So I think it's at least a little helpful to understand that even if you don't have an endless streak, even if you on your little chain where you're marking off your X's, you do 10 days and then you miss a day, that's okay. Then start up the next day. Don't get discouraged. Just start again the next day and start another streak. Because I tell you what, if it's all on one page, hanging on your fridge at the end of the year, you're going to see more X's on that calendar than blank spots. And it doesn't really matter if it's an endless chain, you know, an unbroken chain. It's just that you're going to see all of those X's and those are all marks or evidence of the time that you've invested with your kids in sharing stories. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So don't get discouraged. Go ahead and go to readaloudrevival.com. Go to episode 29, download that printable calendar 
and put it up on your fridge. And every day that you start reading even for a few minutes, mark it off and then see how many X's you get at the end of each week, at the end of each month, at the end of the year. I think you'll be really happy with that. That will be wonderful. And hey, I just had this idea. (laughs) If you wanted to snap a picture of your calendar and your progress on your Read Aloud Revival printable calendar, put it up on some social media network like Facebook or Instagram and use the hashtag Read Aloud Revival so we can find it. That would be really fun for us all to watch and encourage each other along our own little mini reading streaks. So my final strategy for you is don't make it a bigger deal than it is. It's just not that big of a deal. It's not like you're starting a huge diet change or some major exercise breakthrough. It's not like you're moving houses or I don't know, I'm trying to think of some big project. Reading aloud doesn't need to be that big thing. Cindy Rollins you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to give you a little peek. Next week, we get to chat with Cindy Rollins about reading aloud with boys. And this is something she said during the podcast that was so amazing. Don't make a plan to read aloud to your children. Like, don't go sit down at the computer right now and make a plan to read aloud to your children. Go get a book and start reading it. If you are sitting around and you're feeling guilty, like, oh, I'm not reading to my children, I'm not, just stop, just stop, take that feeling, get rid of it, that's not productive. Pick up a book and go read to your children right that minute. Awesome, right? Yeah. So I would encourage you to, you know, you don't necessarily need to make some big grand plan. And actually what Cindy just said, that almost runs a little bit counter to my idea to print out a calendar and put it on your fridge. But I think the heart of what she's saying there is it doesn't need to be this big, giant thing. Reading aloud to your kids is just a beautiful little thing you can do right now. You could turn off this podcast, you could grab a book off your shelf, and you could read to your kids for a few minutes. Those will be 10 minutes of really good investment. Some of the best parenting invested minutes that you can make in your child's life. They're minutes I know you won't regret. And so when we're trying to get back in the saddle, When we're trying to get back in the habit of reading together with our kids and our families, I just want to encourage you. It doesn't need to be some big, hairy, scary deal. Just set a time. Keep it visible and handy. Mark your progress to be a constant encouragement to you and to help you remember that it's a priority for yourself. And read what you love. Read something fun from your own childhood. Pick up a Bobsy Twin book or something that you really liked from when you were a kid and read that to your children. And let reading aloud form joy in your family above all. As always, the show notes for this episode are at readaloudrevival.com. Just look for episode 29. Anytime you're listening to an episode of the Read Aloud Revival and you hear us toss out book recommendations or a link to a great website or a webpage, just head to the show notes. You don't have to stop sweeping the floor or pull your car over to the side of the road or anything crazy like that. We keep track of all of those for you right on the show notes. So head to readaloudrevival.com and you can click on any episode you're listening to to find the show notes. Also, we just added a bonus there. At episode 24, I talked about that transition from picture books to chapter books. So when you're first starting to want to introduce longer narrative fiction to your children and dive into reading novels with your kids, but you're not sure where to start, um, we did a whole episode on that. And I gave my very favorite list of books that I think make the best, best, best 
transitional books from picture books to chapter books. And we have a printable list there for you. So you can print that off. You can tuck it into your diaper bag or your purse, take it with you to the library or at the used bookstore or whatever. And you can get that at episode 24. So if you head to readaloudrevival.com, look for episode 24 and you can grab that printable list free for yourself. Next time, we're back to interviews, and I'm going to be chatting with Cindy Rollins all about reading aloud with boys, the books they enjoy best, the poems they enjoy best, what to do when they're squirmy, and even how to inspire a love of reading in boys who may not already love it or enjoy it as much as you hoped they would. So I hope you'll join us for episode 30. That's coming up next. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast, where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. My name is Jackson, and I live in Carver's City, and my favorite read aloud this year was Mosanahaka Fox, because I like when they try to dig a hole to catch the foxes, but it doesn't work, and I like the part where they starve almost to death, and I like the part when they make tunnels so they can get food from their house, the hunters' houses. My name is Joel Bengoa. I am five. I came from Nevada. My favorite book is Mrs. Pigglewiggle. My favorite part was when Mrs. Pigglewiggle cured the not wanting to go to school this year. Mrs. Pigglewiggle cures all these children. Like when they don't want to have a bath without you set a cure. It's a very good book. Hi, my name is Bryce. I am six years old and I live in Tampa, Florida. One of my favorite books is Riding the Pony Express by Clyde Robert Bullock. You might like this book too if you like horses or cowboys or Indians. Hi, my name is Renee. I'm eight years old and I live in California. I like the books Water Rich by Dick Kingsman. I like it because it has to do with Legend of the Loch Ness Monster of Scotland. I like the characters and the adventure too. It's a great book. Hello, my name is Natalie. I'm six years old and I live in California. One of my favorite books is Little Pete by Amy Carswell. It's about a cute little Pete that doesn't like candy at all, but he loves spinach. I like this book because it's so funny and cute. Thank you so much, kids. I always love to hear the books that you're enjoying reading aloud. Don't forget, you can go to readaloudrevival.com and click on episode 29 for the show notes to this episode of the podcast and to download your one-page calendar that will help you keep your 
progress and momentum tracked for reading aloud, I think that will be so much more helpful to you rather than creating a plan from the beginning and thinking, okay, we're going to do this big thing called reading aloud. You're just kind of making a little note, a little X, a 10 second thing where you're noting your successes and you're able to track your wins. And I think that will provide you with a lot of momentum to keep doing this wonderful, important work of reading aloud with your kids. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Visit us on readaloudrevival.com to get all the goodies associated with the show. And don't forget that you can get your free book on Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash read aloud to give Audible a try with your family. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, go build your family culture around books. Thank you.